Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, my name is Dominic. And I'm Parker. And welcome to another episode of Craft Brews and Tons of Cartoons. Just a couple dudes sipping brews, talking tunes. If you're listening to us right now, you're probably listening to us at youtube.com forward slash Dominic Molnar. That's me. If you like what you hear, definitely smash that like button, comment below, share it with all your friends, and subscribe to the channel. Where else can you find us, Parker? Well, Dominic, if you're a pro MLG gamer, you need all the focus you need when you practice. And what's the best way to perfect your clutch plays? Why, listening to craft tunes and tons of cartoons on mixcloud.com forward slash craft brews tunes there you can follow favorite share repost and add our episodes into your gaming playlist and if you want to mix it up from mixcloud and go hear actual sound you can go to soundcloud at soundcloud.com forward slash craft brews tunes there you can do all the things that you apply to Mixcloud and other things to SoundCloud. Uh, we've actually gotten some followers lately, and I'm actually really surprised how well we're doing on SoundCloud. You can also follow. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You can also. That's awesome. I know, right? You can also follow us at Spotify. Spotify. You know what everyone's using, other than Apple Music, whatever that's called. Uh, you can follow the podcast and listen to it and stream it. And if you're on the car and you don't want to use data, just do that. You can also follow our beer journey on untap.com forward slash user forward slash craft brews tunes. And you can follow me on the same thing at dmalner1. You can follow me on untap as par underscore quad. How are you doing, Parker? You know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, thinking I need to get the untapped app on my phone sometime soon. Dude, yes. It makes life so much easier, especially when you're at the bars and you're contemplating which beer to try at the breweries, man. Yeah, man. Oops, you select. I got a job. Yeah, I, yeah you, you mentioned. Um, what it, what, I didn't know what it was, though. I know you're working at a hotel. Yes, I'll be at a hotel as a bartender slash server slash cook. So I'm basically the restaurant. I'm literally doing it all. You are the restaurant. So it's going to be fun. I just finished my computer training today. I literally sat at a computer for six hours straight watching videos. And I forgot to bring lunch. So it was pretty rough. That is rough. But that's okay. It's rough. uh, Because I'm here on the podcast talking with my buddy. And we're talking... A great topic today on the podcast. We're talking about a voiceover artist, a voice actor uh, that Parker really loves. Her name is Ashley Birch. We're going to talk about her. She's the main topic of the pod, but we also have some good news and we have some great tunes to talk about. But of course, we got to get to the beers of the pod. Now, because we're in different locations, 
Uh, our beers are going to be different, but we have found some beers for future podcasts to drink that we can both access. So get excited for that. I'm going to go first with my beer and for the theme of Ashley Birch because she's part of one of our favorite cartoons going right now, Final Space. I got the uh, Space to Face IPA by Southern Prohibition Brewing in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And it is a dry hopped uh, IPA with Galaxy and Citra hops. So this will be interesting. I'll be really excited to try it out. It sounds pretty good. Um, It actually also sounds, you know, it's funny enough. I also got a space themed (laughs) IPA. Mine, yeah, I got the Clown Shoes Galactica Double IPA. Oh, you're going harder than I am. Yeah, kind of. I've always found uh, double IPAs a lot smoother than normal IPAs, though. Yeah, you you have a point there. Kind of like what you said, much like one of our featured characters, this beer highlights an intergalactic adventurer with a bit of bitterness to help, uh, punctu- to help punctuate out the... I was going to say stuff about floral and fruity, uh, sweet, fruity notes, but that just weirds out the allegory. Anyway, let's, uh, let's, and I'm going to be drinking Yeah. I'm going to be drinking mine out of a tulip glass. And I'm going to be, uh, drinking mine out of a weird glass I got from Nebraska. It's that kind of flute ish glass. Oh yeah. With the, uh, SKs all around the rim. Yeah, you probably don't remember, but uh, actually you do. No, I remember it. That one's pretty mem- That was, I think, your most memorable glass. Next to the Board of Brewing Company, for sure. No, actually, more memorable. I don't remember the... Oh, no, I remember... Yeah, I remember Border. Yeah, theirs is weird. And cool. Apparently, it's for ciders, which is weird, because they don't have a lot of ciders. Ooh, I literally poured a perfect glass. Oh, my God. That's, that is beautiful. P- ladies and gentlemen, you can't see it right now. But I'm on the video chat, and that is indeed a perfect head. <laughs> Dude, nice. Are you ready to clink it and sink it, my man? That I am. Clink it. Eh. <laughs> and sink it. All right. Okay. That's- How's yours? Uh, mine is mine's real good. Oh yeah, mine. It's very fruity, but like yeah. subtle at the same time. Uh, I'm actually getting fruitiness too. Definitely some citrus notes here and there, and uh, it actually is really smooth when you drink it. For some reason, I'm feeling like it's kind of like a wine where it has like that velvety taste to it. I know that's really weird, but. It's it's just like really smooth, but it has a cool. hazy uh, clarity to it and a decent head and tons of carbonation for sure. Mine is um, honestly you, the way you described yours actually sounds kind of like mine also, although mine's not citrusy. I think it's more stone fruit. It has a very nice uh, hop lingering that bubbles up as an aftertaste. Ooh, it's very it's it's actually very warming. You know what? That you could say that about mine too. I think we have very similar beers. Yeah, 
So it kind of worked out. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome beer. Now let's get to some awesome tunes. Now, Parker, we talked about a previous cartoon in our Tom Tucker News segments before that you watched. I haven't been able to watch it yet, but you have watched a awesome new cartoon that just came out. Why don't you talk about that, buddy? Yeah, so uh, we covered Undone, Amazon's latest animated original, a couple, like a month ago, a couple months ago. Yeah. And it's good. It's very, um, it's quite a fun trip. Um, the whole rotoscope style of the uh, thing is, I think, probably the big draw. And it gets a little uncanny at times. That's only a few times, though. But when it's really good, it looks like a moving painting, and it is beautiful. Oof. And the style, and don't think that this series is just style. The style itself helps to inform the substance, which is a very cerebrally thrilling personal story of a young woman, played by Rosa Salazar, and her father, played by Bob Odenkirk, investigating the father's death using probably the trippiest form of time travel I've seen since Primer. Ooh, um, that's awesome. And, Whoa, nice. And even if you, yeah, and even if you find the animation a little hard to handle at first, the pacing and writing really carry you through. Uh, it's it's a very bingeable uh, series. Definitely gonna have to check that out. Unfortunately. I'm still like getting the hang of my job and everything. Now I really want to watch it now that you've hyped it up. So, yeah, I I, I lucked out. My dad's out of town, so I have more free reign of the TV. <laughs> nice. For me, uh, a new Netflix kind of it's like a show movie thing uh, that came out recently. It's called uh, The Last Kids on Earth. It's a fun show that it's not like groundbreaking or anything. It's got decent animation and a fun story out of nowhere for some reason there's this portal that comes out of the sky that has these monsters these huge like greek mythology kind of monsters they're like they're just like huge monsters like you have like a mole monster you got like a, a squid monster you got like a they're just huge like if you think of monsters when you're little, it's kind of like that. And then at the same time, the zombie apocalypse happens. So, okay. like related or unrelated? Uh, it's kind of unclear, but uh, okay. one side there's zombie apocalypse and there's also huge monsters that will kill you. And the main character is this young guy who treats everything like it's a video game, but he's also a foster kid, so he's never had a family. And basically his journey is to save his middle school crush with his two friends. And he tries to make everything like a game. And every time they do something cool, he's like, an achievement. You know how like Xbox or PS4 give you an achievement for doing like one thing on a video game? He treats it like that. And mm. it, has a, it has a fun energy to it. There's not a ton of laughs, but you can appreciate what the kind of creative direction they went, especially where he's trying to save his crush, but it ends up being that his crush doesn't need any saving and doesn't even mm. know him at all. And he mm. knows everything about her and it's really awkward, <laughs> but, uh... but it, it's a good story. I'm not completely finished with it yet. I got like about 20 more minutes on it, 
But so far, I'm actually really enjoying it. Alrighty then. Sounds good. I saw a preview for that, and I was wondering how it was. Yeah. Um. So, uh, were you? Were are we cut up on Final Space at this point? Oh yeah, Final Space, yeah. man. That last episode was really good. Not just because of the way that Gary and his mom kind of like connected at the end a little bit, but the resistance coming back and the most yeah, epic fight scene <laughs> Triborg. Triborg just like slapping the crap <laughs> out of not even trying yeah, it's like and the scarf and the whole spinning around the chair <laughs> to be fair if we had chairs like that we would co- spin on them constantly oh my gosh it reclined <laughs> No, to be fair, that did not look like a chair. Look like a chair that would recline. It didn't look like but, a chair um, that would be comfortable either. No, but you know, some maybe like acquired taste, comfortable. Anyway, yeah. So uh, that was it. Was a fun penultimate episode to the season. Mm-hmm. So not gonna lie, I did actually think that it was gonna be the season finale. And given the fact there was a cliffhanger last season, I I defend that. But I am glad there's another episode coming up. Yeah, the only reason I kind of like knew that this wasn't uh, the season finale was because uh, the arc wasn't really finished, and it really didn't finish on a definitive like it didn't conclude arc conclusion. You know, yeah, it wasn't like Star versus the Forces of Evil, the end of season two, start of season three kind of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, where they kind of ended it on a cliffhanger in season yeah. two and then started. The end of that arc in season three. But Gary, man, he's just such a good character. He's a nice, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's that, a very inspiring good dude. And just the way in the animation when he finally told off his mom was so emotional and so smooth and really good. It's like one of those moments where it felt like it was like so real and then him at the end yes i've been waiting years to say that um he's just a solid character and at the beginning when nightfall asks him when he asks gary that hey if we got to choose between your mom and quinn who's it going to be it's going to be quinn are you sure he's like he gives her that look she's mm-hmm. like okay we're going for it and then at the end He's going to leave her for dead, but she sees how tough it was for his mom. And then that kind of like connection of just like, she's my mom. And he, yeah. And yeah. And now that you bring it up, that's a really good point on their arcs because when you think about it, Gary's mom, Ms. Goodspeed, had made kind of the same decision back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I, and to a certain way, this is kind of like stopping this cycle of hate and neglect that's between them so yeah uh olin rogers good good episode man yeah and the ending was like pitch perfect <laughs> oh yeah no cookies for you and here is your sanity <laughs> insanity <laughs> avoidance counts friend <laughs> it's like you're not gonna do this not to your mother <laughs> and the whole bolo could be evil thing i don't know i don't think he's evil i think isn't the guy that talked to 
his mom the one that possessed avocado or is that a different one i think it's a different guy okay because yeah there's definitely other stuff going on here and i'm really excited to see how it pans out this finale like i guess for a little bit i didn't know how season two this season was going to uh rival season one because season one was such a solid season with its storytelling and its interesting comedy and now this finale i'm way more hyped than i think i've been for the first season so Mm. it's gonna get good and the possibility of john goodspeed coming back oh yeah and quinn oh yeah it's gonna be good it's gonna be good and Owen did say that he has six more seasons, you know, lined up in his brain. This show just rocks. I'm really satisfied with how it's been going so far. And it can only get go well from here, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. He also still follows me on Twitter. Just got to say that. And please come on the podcast anytime. We'd love to pick your brain about your whole process. And, of course, have a beer with us. Oh, yeah. Do that, too. All right. Good evening. I'm Tom Tucker. And I am an Atari ET cartridge. (laughs) And welcome to Tom Tucker News. We got some very, very interesting news for you. Uh, This just in. uh, Funimation and Hulu are going to host a simulcast stream of My Hero Academia Season 4. The services will run the hit Shonen series English subbed in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Ireland, and Australia with Funimation. Uh, with Funimation streaming in English simuldub at an unannounced future date, the stream will naturally coincide with the new season premiere on October 12th. That is super hype. My Hero Academia probably the most popular anime going right now it's and it's really cool that they're doing the this kind of cross you know they're kind of letting the people not in not japan be able to see it at the same time that uh the the folks in the rising sun do yeah so this now i will let you know i have read what has happened because i read the manga so this season's going to be amazing. Based on the other three, this season's going to be amazing. So get ready for that. So, just, so I have a quick question. There's something I read earlier today. Mm-hmm. Is Prince in the going to be in the new season? Like pr- the musician, like supposedly, because apparently there's a character that looks like Prince in the manga. Um, no, I don't recall okay. there being oh, no, a I, prince-like I, character in the chapters I've read recently. Okay. However, no. there is a flamboyant character, but I don't think he's going to show up this season. I think he's going to show up the following season. Okay. Based on whatever. All right. Okay. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Fair enough. Yep. Um, well, also premiering in October 12th. Uh, two other really big anime series are going to come to Toonami. Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, and One Punch Man Season 2. One Punch! The first is one of this year's hottest new anime, and the other is a continuation of one of the most popular recent works in the medium in the modern day. For been and a while. It, it's a big deal. Yeah. They're, both, they're both really hot right now. Of course. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. I had I already knew about Demon Slayer and I've I was actually waiting until it showed up on Tsunami to watch it. And October is perfect because it's not like a super horror series, but it has some kind of weird, kind of scarier moments. So I'm really looking forward to it. And no idea that they were picking up One Punch Man season two. That is awesome. Well, I mean, they've been sh- they showed One Punch Man in the first season, correct? So and that's a really but- popular anime i i honestly don't see the appeal as much for one punch man but i do want to check out this demon slayer one especially with toonami i still want to see that firefighter anime that you were talking about uh yeah, fire force i haven't seen it at all yet and i think dr stone's on that as well right it is i have not seen dr stone yet though i've heard that's good too so we're definitely gonna i'm gonna have to watch a lot of anime hopefully i'll have time uh, a new survey by The Hollywood Reporter and Morning Consult found that we prefer fewer trailers before movies. Although only surveying only about 2,200 people, 59% of responders had a preference for seeing one to three trailers, while merely 29% of respondents wanted five to eight trailers. Now, trailers are a very interesting thing because you either get really good trailers... I think there's there's two different kinds of trailers, Parker. It doesn't have to do with what's shown. It's just, or how many it is. It's about one thing. One trailer is the ambiguous trailer that shows little bits and pieces, but you don't kind of get the entirety of the story. But it's hype enough. And then the other one is it shows the entire movie and the best lines and everything, and it ruins it when you watch the movie. I think the only problem with trailers is if, like, for example, say Star Wars Episode Nine trailer comes out, but they also have the Japanese trailer, and someone shares that. And there's also the uh, European trailer, which has different footage as well. And then there's, like, three other trailers from the English one, just to find more and more footage. I think that mm. kind of sucks out the experience of watching the movie and experiencing it rather than like one ambiguous trailer, which I think sometimes Disney does a really good job. For example, I get you. Um, I mean, I know when I go to a theater, I kind of prefer fewer trailers 
Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely on the, I'm, uh, I mean, for a few reasons. One, if I really want to watch a trailer, I look it up on YouTube, probably. Mm-hmm. But I mean, beyond that, it's like, I'd, I'd kind of like, I'm someone who kind of like, I track my time when I do things. For instance, going it this past weekend to see it chapter two, I was really trying to keep track of my time because there's a lot of stuff I had to do that day. And that's a three hour movie. Jeez. So just kind of like planning out your day and you have like 15 minutes versus like a half hour, like like the, the difference between 10 minutes and half an hour of trailers in a theater is quite a bit. So I'm, I'm a bit more leaning on the fewer trailers than more side. And I mean, it can be fun and it can be a good way to show off a new film, but uh, yeah, I, I prefer f- fewer with better quality. Yeah, I think uh, a really good example of trailers that actually worked really well were the Avengers uh, Endgame trailers, because the first one was very ambiguous, and the second one didn't show that much either. It seems like every time they showed a trailer for that, they kept it as hush-hush as possible. Hmm. So I thought that was a really well-executed one, where a bad example of a bad trailer is the Minions movie. Now, you're probably surprised that I watched the Minions movie, but I did. And it was a regret that I have for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> and it's two hours you're not going to get back. Nope, but I chose that, and that is what happens. Um, but every good line and every synopsis of the movie was in that trailer. So when I went to watch the movie, there was other stuff that was in it However, I couldn't enjoy it as much because the stuff I saw in the movie were the exact same things that I saw in the trailer. So the impact hurts you. Yes. The impact lessens. Yes. That's why I think there shouldn't be too too many trailers. And the trailers that come out should be kind of dipping your toes into the story rather than giving you the whole thing. Mm. So that's just my opinion on that. I get you. Oh, and by the way, the uh, the article detailing the study will be in the show notes, and it contains the uh, actual results of the study for your reading pleasure, if you know, you're know you like me and a stats nerd. <laughs> uh, the good old WB has acquired rights to the Funko toy brand, makers of the famous Funko Pop figurines, with plans to produce a feature film. Oh Writer-director Teddy Newton, Pixar short Day and Night, has been selected to develop the story, and Mar Dendal of Emperor's New Groove and Chicken Little will helm the film. Um, okay. <laughs> That's my reaction. I mean, I mean Dominic, you, you, you're a Funko Pop fan. I have kind of. probably, I can't count how many I have, but it's more than 10, so I guess that means I really like them. Though I haven't bought a Pop since the Kingdom Hearts figurines were completed, because true, you yeah, you, you were pretty selective on your pops. Yeah, it's either Disney stuff or something that really like connects with me. I don't know how I feel about a Funko movie. I mean, did you hear that they made a Playmobil movie? I mean, I heard. I, I didn't I, see. I'm tired of toy it. figurines getting their own movies. Lego it's Movie because... did it perfectly, and then it ruined everything. Yeah, exactly. Lego Movie did it well, and now everyone's jumping in on it. And even the second movie was like just okay. It wasn't like fantastic. 
based on what I said. But in more important news, in sports news, oh my gosh, 10-year-old Ash Ketchum has won his first Pokemon League championship. Starting his journey 20 years ago from his home in Pallet Town, the, uh, the young trainer has competed in six championships, including coming in second in the Kalos region. Now, all that work has finally paid off, and the most heartwarming of all, the little Pikachu that he started with all those years ago has been right by his side throughout this whole journey. Any news? Truly, <laughs> truly a a Cinderella story, sir. <laughs> Absolutely astounding. Um, who thought that after twenty years, a man who has never aged, a boy who has never aged, could finally win the big one? That was pretty. That was. I, I thought that was a cool little thing coming. I mean, look, ESPN did a tweet <laughs> that they actually looked like they put effort into. I know. Um, it seems like yeah, some, ESPN's been like trying really hard to like get in that meme kind of thing. Like sometimes they did like twenty two years ago, the bubble bowl happened. They did a tweet on that, so that was kind of funny. But uh, let's just talk about analytics here on uh, Ash. So he may be the best that ever was, but when it comes to tournament play, he kind of. He kind of is not that good. So in the Kanto region, his first tournament, he got into the top 16, which for the first time, that's actually pretty good. Uh, then in the Johto region, he got to top eight, way better improvement. Uh, mm-hmm. Then he went to the Hoenn region, got top eight as well. Then Sinnoh, he finally got past that to the top four. But in the Unova region, he went back a little bit and only got top eight. And then finally in the Kalos region, he finished runner-up in a really great battle. Unfortunately, he lost, but he finally won the big one in the Alola region. But everyone forgets the uh, Orange Islands Championship Tournament where he won that, but I guess that's not a major tournament, so no one gives a crap. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of the minor league baseball of Pokemon Championships when you think about it. But that guy's Dragonite defeated, like... All of his best Pokemon except for Pikachu. <laughs> Again, <laughs> still minor league baseball. <laughs> yeah, but congratulations, Ash. After all these years, you finally won the big one. Uh, and that was Tom Tucker News. All right. So, Dominic, today we're going to point the VO spotlight on the impeccable Ashley Birch. Ms. Birch started in independent production of a web series called Hey Ash, What's Your Plan? Uh, that she created with her brother, Anthony Birch. The series of comedy shorts became a hit online with its surreal humor and strong commentary on video games and video game culture. In 2012, the siblings would work together on a bigger project called a uh, little video game called Borderlands 2. You know, a little startup video game. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anthony was a writer on it, so he was able to help. He suggested that uh, she try out for a character, probably one of my favorite characters from that game, which is Tanatina. Uh, Miss Birch credits Metal Gear Solid and starring voice actor David Hayter, the voice of Solid Snake, 
as her inspiration to enter voice acting. Since that first big role, she has had multiple roles in video games, including Ms. Pauling in Team Fortress 2, Chloe Price in Life is Strange, and Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn. As well, she keeps up with her gaming entertainment with the Hey Ash Twitch, with her hop creators, her own show Unplugged, which is on Geek and Sundry, and as a regular guest on seminal D&D campaign web show, Critical Role. Now, Parker, uh, before we move on, do you know that D&D is cool now? Because Joe Magnoliella was like, I play D&D, and now every hot person is coming out saying they uh, like D&D. I did, in fact, know it was cool. I know you and knew. I liked it before. I liked it before, <laughs> I liked it, before it, cool. it became cool. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, sorry to interrupt. Keep going uh, on Ashley Bird. No, it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, now, Dominic, we're an animation podcast, so you're probably wondering where the cartoons fit in. No, uh, wh- hmm. I, I do. I do wonder. Where? Where is it? Well, you're in luck because Whoa. Ashley Birch has voiced in cartoons we're talking about tonight, including Attack on Titan, OKKO, OK oh Let's gosh. Be Heroes, Steins Gate, uh, Steven Universe... What? And, of course, this past season of Final Space. What? That's amazing. Along with her voice, Ms. Birch has lent her writing talents to the animation medium with story credits for Summer Camp Island and credits for 31 episodes of Adventure Time, including the Island's Arc, Orb, and the series finale, Come Along With Me. Now, that's some pretty great pedigree from Miss Ashley Birch. I mean, she's one of 12 writers, but still, that's that's still pretty cool. Now, um, before we talk about some of her titular roles, this was your choice for the VO Spotlight. Before we did uh, H. John Benjamin, classic comedian who has voiced uh, Bob Belcher and Sterling Archer in their shows, but uh, you decide that we should talk about Ashley Birch, and I kind of want to know why before we dive into these characters. Why? Why do you really like Ashley Birch as a voice actress? Well, I think it's for a couple of reasons. Uh, for one, Final Space Two is wrapping up next week. I actually thought it was wrapping up this week, so I thought it would be very timely to cover a really good voice actress and you know one of the best voices from this past season. The other reason is because. I am frequently surprised to hear uh, Ms. Birch in things, uh, in shows, uh, like I was with Ash Graven for Final Space Season 2, uh, because she has an excellent range, excellent vocal range, and you never quite expect to see her pop up in something because she never has one kind of role. She's voiced everything from a megalomaniacal preteen, a troubled adolescent a bunch of survivors so she's uh, definitely a very strong up-and-coming voice actress and definitely one to look out for so i thought it'd be a great idea to put the video spotlight on her nice i can definitely tell that she's a really talented voice actress not just based on uh ash graven from final space a show that we both love but from a show that i really love that unfortunately just ended so it kind of really ties in because it ended last week KKO Let's Be Heroes as Enid, one of the main characters of the show. And 
She does a fantastic job as Enid. She's a huge fan favorite of the show in general. And yeah, why why don't we just get started? Uh, I'll give kind of my opinions on her as we talk about our characters so far. But let's start off with Ash Graven from Final Space. Again, Final Space is one of our favorite cartoons going right now. We just talked about the latest episode. But Ash, and we, and we and we never stop talking about. No, it. we never stop. It's never since we? ever since episode one we haven't talked. We haven't stopped talking about it because we love it so much. But Ash was a new character for this season, season two, and was introduced in the very first episode of season two. Let's uh, let's go from there. So, Final Space has a ton of different kind of characters, and they're all really fun. And it's there's a ton of different personalities, and Ash Graven is definitely a personality that really shines in this specific season, not just with her story, but with how she is portrayed through Ashley Birch. Uh, indeed, I, th- I like to think of uh, the character ensemble in Final Space as like a Sunday. Like an ice ice cream Sunday, yep. not like the day Sunday. Yeah, and I like to think of Ash as kind of the sprinkles on top, something that adds like a nice little crunch. You you don't always expect that you want it, but it really helps the texture. <laughs> and the texture in this case is that her little moments of gleeful morbidity are lovely little additions to the show. They're not wholly necessary, but they are wonderful to have. Yeah, and her entire character is one of a really, really dark past with really, really emotional powers. Her her powers are very hard to describe, but basically she summons the demons inside of her to blasters out of her hands to basically go into like a nega Super Saiyan kind of deal. And then to control powerful objects, to throw people with her powers, and she uses it based on her emotions. So like it's, it's kinda like it's kinda like if she were if she were Starfire and Raven, Raven's kid. Um yes. Yes, your dad was right. <laughs> yeah, it's right. <laughs> and that kid was only born with one eye. <laughs> which was just that which is probably one of the funniest moments in <laughs> This season, I gotta say. Here, let's uh, um, let's, uh, let's open that up. Oh wait, let's just uh, let's put it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she has really great moments, like when you first see her powers unfold with Gary as they're trying to steal apart when they're doing that huge space race, and she's like, "I can't just unleash my powers. It has to be like my prom date." And Gary is basically trying to be like. <laughs> the prom day and then she goes really she goes into that mode and basically pushes him off with her powers and the range of going from like kind of cool casual yet disturbing girl with a weird past go to like oh my god i'm just gonna kill you you can't call me it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Ashy. You call me Ash or Miss Craven, but you can't call me Ashy. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the range that she has for going from that kind of like relaxed girl to menacing and demonic is really great for Ashley Birch. Agreed. I think one of my favorite bits with this character is the capacity that Ashley that this is going to get confusing with this character because they're both named Ash, but um, <laughs> that with uh, with Miss Birch has with this one is her capacity to do like the very same, very morbid things and very sincere excitement. <laughs> so one of my favorite lines is from the episode where they actually go to Ash's planet and they do her little character arc. And it's actually a little, a little scary, yeah. but um, there are a few lines from that that I like, but I've got to say my favorite is probably, I recommend the snake sandwiches, snake burgers, snake shakes, snake cakes, but not the snake flakes. They'll make you projectile vomit your kidneys, and you'll bleed for days and days out of your eyes. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she has some very disturbing lines that are really, really adds to the comedy of the show. And what you kind of realize in the show that because she had such a tragic past, the family that basically adopted her is really important to her. And you kind of see that in the previous episode where Clarence basically screws over his family. And she's extremely worried about him. And she she has a tender heart. The only family she has she just does a really good job. Like like you said, yeah. she has a really great range of emotion. Agreed. Now, for a character that has probably a little less emotional range, but definitely has more vocal range that you get to see, is through, or I guess are, the Rutile twins from Steven Universe. Oh, yeah. The Rutile twins are very interesting based on the Steven Universe lore. They are gems that are basically not wanted. They're like mistakes. They shouldn't be there. And what ends up happening is these mistake gems are hiding underneath the caverns away from Homeworld. And basically, when you meet them, uh, Steven and Lars end up finding them. And basically they feel like they're mistake gems and they don't fit in and that they're hiding so that they don't get eliminated and they honestly feel like they'd never belong. 
And Lars is able to show them that they are all unique and different in their own way and that they should be able to live their life the way they want to. And with Rutile, for Ashley Birch's role, she's not just playing one character, she's playing two at the same time. So they basically are one gem with two different heads and two different arms. Yeah, Rutile is basically the... Uh, gym equivalent to conjoined twins like physically and and just even in concept they're like joined at the hip uh, and split in half and funny enough actual rutile gems the stone can have this that weird split off thing Mm -hmm. and so with this character it's a very nice small little detail but one side, I think the left side, has a higher, slightly higher pitch voice than the other, right. and it's very, it's a very, very, very subtle. You don't quite notice it, but it's such a nice little touch to have for kind of just for for a very minor role. That it's, I mean, at least in my mind, very cool, and it definitely stands out. Makes kind of a standout character in a show with a lot of standout characters oh yeah and uh what you kind of end up seeing with that uh character is that they they're still kind of new to us they're not super huge important characters in the grand scheme of steven universe lore but they're important enough to show what the kind of democracy and hierarchy there is in Homeworld for the gems. And seeing that there are sometimes mistakes and sometimes like there's one gem who's a who's multiple fusions and ends up becoming this one fusioned blob that uh, Imagine Imagine the uh the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. Literally that. But slow. actually all the off callers Yeah, all of the off colors are supposed to be Alice in Wonderland characters modeled after oh really yeah wait um, so does that mean that rutile is like Tweedledee and Tweedledum? yep um so, oh does that mean then who's the cheshire cat uh the cheshire cat doesn't have a uh i was gonna say it's the one who's always worried lineup. but i guess I'm no worried. um the one who's always worried is the white rabbit it's either the white rabbit or the mock hare uh, and honestly, I actually don't remember what Perdidot, the orange sapphire, yeah, that tells the. I could see her as not the, like the, the Mad Hatter, but past. the the rabbit. That's the the crazy one. Yeah, it does line up though, and it's very. Um, it's kind of like a weird little uh, touch. I never in the knew show. that. It's kind of cool. But anyway, but yeah, no, uh, and I think, uh, but. It, they have a few episodes where they're highlighted and everyone gives vocal performances, does excellent vocal performances for these kind of fairly minor characters. And Ashley Birch is a standout of them, especially with a character that she's able to show off a lot of vocal range for a character that's kind of flat, very, very calm character. So yeah, I appreciate that a lot. My favorite line from her is probably sand, which... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, the off colors have really great chemistry with one another and really, uh, they have a really memorable debut to them because you never see kind of these gems 
that are like them at all. And they make such a memorable impression, not just on Steven, but on uh, Lars, who is probably one of my favorite characters in the entire series. But for Ashley Birch, she has another great role in another Cartoon Network show, probably one of my favorites that unfortunately ended uh, last week or probably two weeks around this time. Okay, KO, let's be heroes. She was Enid. And I will say, we, we talked so far about Ashley Birch being like this emo person that has a very dark past and that has very huge emotional ranges. And then we also talked about how she could be a twin that's like very confused and very worried at the same time. This one, if you watch Okay, KO, let's be heroes, Enid is basically a ninja that's also a witch <laughs> that basically just a relaxed tomboy girl that just chills and like tries to get away from work but she's also really kind and sweet but she also kicks a lot of butt and she has the thickest thighs I've ever seen in an animation I literally think like I'm not trying to like look at the person's body but when you look at the design of Enid her thighs are literally the biggest part of her body because she uses mostly kick attacks um, yeah they um, there are a lot of thick thighed women in OKKO now that I think about it yeah um, but but I digress so I haven't seen a ton of OKKO I watched um, I've seen a little bit been t- kind of more turned on to the show since you recommended it mm-hmm. and it's uh, sorry that uh, that Galactica is uh, having a fun time in my stomach. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the uh, no, it, it's a fun show. Enid's a really cool character to follow, and Birch gives her is she, again it, that range comes in. She's able to give her this character a lot of gravitas and a lot of even relaxation kind of more lighter moments but in the moments where the gra- that gravitas is needed it is there and uh, you see that when they do the stuff with the old ghoul school gang oh my gosh that episode was the, so great the, <laughs> odd i still can't believe they made that joke well and then there are a bunch of other <laughs> and then there are a bunch of other animated animation references in that episode they they do so many animation references in that entire show in general yeah, uh, very true they very they, true it's kind of like an homage to anime to video games and to like classic cartoon network shows in a way very much indeed and yeah i mean every i mean i've loved pretty much i wouldn't say love but i have thoroughly enjoyed every okk episode i've seen and i've certainly enjoyed enid's whole performance in it uh, as well so yeah i'm definitely get i mean had you and again i had no clue that ashley birch was in this and, and it's that's definitely one of her things where you don't, never quite know what she's going to be in because she's like a chameleon a, car, a karma chameleon she comes and she goes and sometimes you don't quite notice her but when you do notice her she does an excellent job so, fun fact about Enid, uh, her design resembles Opal, who's the fusion between Amethyst and Pearl from Steven Universe, because the creator, Ian J.Q., uh, worked 
on Steven Universe in the past and is Rebecca Sugar's boyfriend. So fun fact about I that. I really I really hope he gets another show. Yeah, it's kind of, it kind of sucks because he's show real good. Yeah, yeah. But Enid's personality is pretty uh, pretty dynamic because she's a very responsible character, probably the most with reason and logical thinking. But she's also really lazy and really lets her emotions sometimes take over. She seems to react to responsibility the way a normal human being would. To be quite patient, considering. A lot of things that are happening, but she gets really annoyed at first. She's just like a really complex character who's relaxed, has a peaceful attitude, but when it comes to like hard situations, she's always there to help her friends. She is a very dynamic character, and Ashley Birch does a really great job portraying Enid in this show. Not only showing that she's like relaxed and chill, but she also has like really great impressive moments and really character defining moments in this entire series. Uh, She has a really huge arc in the end of season two. And I think that's where she shines in the end of season two, because she really cares about the friends that she had in the past that ended up betraying her. And then she ends up liking them again. She just really cares about making friends and keeping those friendships alive And though sometimes she can be lazy and not caring and just not worrying about anything, she ends up really being not, I wouldn't say a motherly figure, but a very sisterly figure to uh, K.O. and Rad, uh, which Ashley Birch's portrayal of Enid really adds to it. She is very versatile in that way for the character and I mean, she really does shine in this cartoon. It, OKKO is one of my favorite modern cartoons right now. And unfortunately, it ended. But again, Ashley Birch did a really great job with this specific character. And uh, that role will be missed. So uh, before we get to the last role that we really watched for Ms. Birch, uh, let's talk about some of her other ones that I was honestly a little surprised to hear that she did. First off, she was in Steins Gate. Uh, unfortunately, don't quite remember the character's name. Uh, definitely surprised to hear that she was in that one. And that's definitely a different range because different kind of character because it's definitely more of a cutesy. I don't want to say moe because it's not moe, but definitely more of a cutesy airheaded character. Yeah. Which is pretty surprising um but what's really weird about the steinsgate one not to interrupt but uh apparently she wasn't even credited for that role no uh she was uh she just was credited as um jackie ross yeah jackie ross is that her original name or her surname i think that's like a stage name that she uses interesting because you see it because you see it pop up as i think she's also credited as Sasha, as as Jackie Ross. Ah, I'll do a little uh, digging real quick. I know there are a couple of roles where she has where she gets that name. Um, honestly, Steinsgate is an anime I've been wanting to watch and I've been holding off on it because it reminds me a lot of Primer and other trippy... Like, look, I like Undone. I like Primer. I like weird time travel stories, So, but only if they're weird. So I'm kind of <laughs> looking forward to, to seriously watching Steinsgate. Nice. In like five years at this rate. 
What else? She was in Space Dandy. Yeah. Briefly. Still haven't watched that, but I'll get to it. Yeah, I'm a little afraid to. I wasn't sure about it at first, but then I I heard that the guy who did Cowboy Bebop and Carol and Tuesday and a whole bunch of other awesome stuff did it. So I'm think I might try it out soon. Uh, she was also um, in Bee and Puppycat. Uh, that one. God, that's fun. I know. Uh, it's a fun. Sh- that is a fun, fun web series, right? It's a web series. Yeah, it's a web series. It started on Channel Frederator. And it ended in 2016, but yeah. And she's also been in Adventure Time uh, as a writer, but she was also uh, a few characters in that as well. So I got to say her, the stuff, the episodes of Adventure Time she's worked on are probably among my favorites, specifically Orb. Orb just nails what I think it's like to actually be in a dream. (laughs) So... Ms. Birch, good on you for uh, being involved in doing the, in your contribution to that episode because that was fantastic. Islands, great multi-episode arc. Probably my second favorite multi-episode arc for Adventure Time. Still very afraid to watch this series finale because um, it's like a day where I need to like like set aside some sick time because I'm going to be curled up in a curled up in my bed and having an existential crisis after watching it. I mean, I still got to watch, like, season six. I have no idea what's happening. So there's a lot I need to catch up on on Adventure Time. Uh, Like you said earlier, she also wrote for Summer Camp Island, but she's also uh, done some voice work in Pig, Goat, Banana Cricket, which is an American... uh, animated television show on Nickelodeon. It's a really weird looking one, but uh yeah. I'm just looking at the picture. It's like it's looks like kid-friendly Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. And then she's also been We Bear Bears, a show that we both enjoy as just like various random characters, and she's also in the Netflix show Trolls, The Beat Goes On, which is uh yeah. Whatever. And she has some Good moments, I gotta say. She's played some cool characters in weird tangent here, but cool characters in Critical Role, uh, like Keg in the most recent season, although that's it's been a few episodes since she was on it. But also some other... It's nice to see her pop up on Geek and Sundry every now and then because uh, she has a very palpable... Oh, she was actually just in... Um, so I'm a horror guy, right? And there's a really cool horror game called Call of Cthulhu. Oh. And she played this really cool uh, engineer, gadgeteer type character in that. That was really cool to see. Oh, cool. And now I, re- and now I really want to watch. Like, if, if you have, if you like tabletop games and you have, and or you have like four hours to spare, or if you just like have a job where you can actually put on headphones and stuff. Uh, definitely worth listening to. It's like a really cool audio drama. Oh, nice. Um, well, in video games, she's done a lot of stuff, too. She's been in Persona, Fallout 4, The Rise of Tomb Raider, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutants in Manhattan, Minecraft Story Mode, Final Fantasy 15, Fortnite, unfortunately... 
<laughs> Borderlands she 3, she in... comes back. Yes, I am basically only going to watch the Tiny Tina moments. But not so <laughs> tiny, because it takes place in the future, so now she's like a young adult at this now point. she's just Tina. Yes. Sweet. She's definitely made herself known as a very popular voice actress. Yeah, let's get to our final uh, character that we both enjoy. And a show that you are more familiar with than I am because I only really read the manga and haven't really been interested in watching the anime. But that might have to change because of season three. But Attack on Titans, Sasha. Some of Birch's roles have been pretty small. For instance, Sasha from... Attack on Titan, a.k.a. Potato Girl. <laughs> but as the saying goes, there are no small parts, only small actors. And that certainly applies to, well, honestly, a lot of Birch's roles, but definitely Sasha in particular. In season one, she's kind of a flat character uh, with the kind of quirk of constantly eating and constant hunger. But by the second episode of She's basically two, me every day. <laughs> yeah <laughs> except um except i don't think you attempt to steal food or feel like you're getting i don't know a little sensual when talking about food yeah yeah she sasha definitely eats like like when sasha eats she eats yeah and just i mean more about that later we'll cover that we'll cover <laughs> ashley's performance on that later um but season two, episode two, called I'm Home, Ashley gets to show off her chops as Sasha in a very Sasha-centered episode. Uh, we get to learn about her background as kind of this traditionalist hunter-gatherer person originally, and then they kind of, the tribe decides to join the rest of normal society after Wal Rose, Wal Maria falls. Um then we also kind of get her finishing her development from going from a rookie survey corps member to a burgeoning defender of humanity. And this means that Birch has to convey a bunch of different emotions and, and feelings and kind of moments in a character's arc in one episode. She has to do everything from righteous indignation to cowardly uncertainty to full-blown Shannon style confidence and again she also has to do kind of the sillier parts of voice acting such as eating and screaming convincingly appropriately for the tone of an episode and like we said about her eating is that she kind of does it pretty well because <laughs> when sasha eats sasha eats food yeah but yeah i mean that's what i'm saying is that in this episode Ashley Birch delivers on all of these points. And this was probably, I think, the second episode of Attack on Titan I had ever seen. And this is the thing that made me go, okay, this is a show I need to watch. This is a show I need to start following. Yeah, and, and Ashley's performance go. in this specific role is goes from really funny to really serious all at the same time the writing is really good for the show and the concept is really interesting as well just seeing how she goes from like a constant hungry 
hoarder to someone who has to go be confident and fight and just be the righteous one, even though she's kind of cowardly at the first. Uh, it really shows the emotion that she brings to the role. Ashley Birch does a really great job. Like, she's really funny in her moments. She does a really great job. She's really good at that deadpan-like kind of stuff. And she also has, she also has some really good freakouts in this episode. <laughs> Perfect. If this doesn't really show Ashley Birch's range, I don't know what else could. She does really funny. She does really terrifying. Then she does really serious really well. Uh, honestly, it's probably her most like dynamic role when it comes to emotions uh, other than Ash Graven. Mm. Because as much as Enid is a very multi a multifaceted character with different emotions and different kind of attitudes, with Sasha and with Ash, they're completely different and have more emotional weight sometimes when it comes to it. Because sometimes Enid sounds like a Saturday morning cartoon where Ash and Sasha are more serious played characters. Yeah, they, could, they sound a little more grounded. Yes. Certainly. And as Both much because... as Enid can be grounded, these people, it's like comparing a ninja who yeah. just fights robots every week to someone who's literally at war fighting these monsters. Yeah, it's. Um, I think part of it comes from the tones of these different episodes, from these different shows. OKKO OK is a very cartoony show in principle because it is, in a lot of cases, an homage to old school cartoons mm-hmm. and classic car- and new classic cartoons. I, I might need to say. And then you have stuff like Final Space and Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan, which is kind of more of a serious show almost grimdark it still definitely has a lot of good emotional weight to it very similar to that is final space which you know it has its funny moments it has its comedy moments but it's a very it's a, it's a show with a very strong emotional core and you need a certain kind of convincing voice acting in order to really get that through yeah and i think that ashley birch was a good addition in final space for that and i think she's a great uh, she does a great job as Sasha in Attack on Titan because she's able to bring that emotional sincerity to her roles. Very true. You, I can't say it better myself. Ashley Birch, basically you introduced me to Ashley Birch, even though I've been watching OKKO OK since the beginning. I didn't really like look up who she was, who the character was. So... You introducing me to Ashley Birch. Uh, she's a really fantastic voice actress. A really, I wouldn't say she is a newcomer, but she's more on the newer side of voiceover rather than some of the people that we know by name that have cemented their legacy in voiceover. But Ashley Birch, a multifaceted actress with really great range that adds so much to her roles to everything that she puts in, whether it's video games or anime or even the animation that we both love. Her emotions are, I think, what really sets her apart from other people. Where when we talked about H. John Benjamin, I really like it when H. John Benjamin would have like that screaming kind of yelling match where he'd be like, oh my God, ah! where um, 
Ashley Birch, when she has those moments, it's more of like weight to it where she, it seems like she's actually feeling that where it's Sean Benjamin's doing it more for laughs. Agreed. And I got to say, I am, you know, it kind of sucks because OKKO is ending, has come to an end, I should probably say. And then Final Space is going to wrap up next week, which makes me a little sad. So, but I'm still definitely excited to see where Ms. Birch is going to pop up next. Yeah. And hopefully it will be another, and hopefully it will be another season of Final Space. Olin Rogers, please don't kill off Ash. Oh, no, or Fox. no, no, no. Please don't, don't even don't mention kill, that. Don't, them off. don't even please mention don't that, Parker. Off. Please don't kill him off, Rogers, please. Uh, do you have any personal words? Because you introduced me to her, but it seems like you know her way more than I do. If you have any personal words for her, Parker, uh, I'm probably going to tweet at her that we made a podcast about her. If you have any personal words, you might as well say it now. Well, thank you for putting me on the spot right there. Um, uh, Ms. Birch, as someone with major interest in voice acting, in the visual audio entertainment medium, and for people who have anxiety, you are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. If possible, please get a role in Monster Prom, because that would be amazing. <laughs> and I hope you have a wonderful day. That's so sweet. Uh, I will share that same sentiment as a voiceover artist myself. Not a huge one, but hopefully I'll get to your level soon, Ashley. Your range and ability to really dive into the character is really admirable. And I hope to one day be in the shoes that you are in. And if you like beer, come on the podcast because we'd love to talk for sure. And that was the topic of the pod, VO Spotlight, or second VO Spotlight. We're going to have more in the future. We're just going to have to pick which times to do it. But another great voiceover slash voice actor that we just uh, presented to you. And if you like the idea of listening to said person, check out the cartoons or the anime or the... Frick, if you video games. if you play Borderlands, you're two or th- the new Borderlands coming out, you're probably gonna hear. Her. So, yeah, get ready for that. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, let's go to Rando Hall of Fame. Rando Hall uh, of Fame. Yeah. So last week we had some interesting, another interesting uh, combination. Now, if you haven't listened to the podcast, Rando Hall of Fame is something we do at the end of the podcast where we nominate random things into the Hall of Fame uh, in our personal Hall of Fame. It doesn't have to be of any importance. It's just something random, and we just nominate it, and it's enshrined in our Hall of Fame forever. Previous nominations and winners, Keanu Reeves, Microsoft Dark Mode. What else? My dog, my girlfriend. What was last week's? It was your book. It was the book you were talking about. Not Yankee Um, Candle. It was before the week. I think that was the week before, actually. Right. That was Devolution. Devolution, yes. Uh, Last week was... Last week was between... uh, No Place Like Kansas City, which was a short, an animated short. Oh, yes. uh, No Place Like Kansas City. I watched that. That was really cool, by the way. That was pretty cool. And Stone Cold Um, Steve Austin. 
And uh, you, I, I will be honest, when I put it on my on our Instagram, even though I have 18 followers, I had kind of a landslide with six votes to none. It was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, so Stone Cold, you're in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Not only the prestigious WWE Hall of Fame, you're in the rando Hall of Fame of Craft Brews and tons of cartoons. So clap for you. Congratulations. To, uh, yep. from, from two fellow beer lovers to another. Nice. So since I won, I'm going to start the nomination. And I'm, oh my, oh God. I forgot to talk about DuckTales. I nominate DuckTales. <laughs> For my Randall Hall of Fame, uh, I forgot to talk about it in tuning in, but I watched the season finale of DuckTales, uh, season two, a really good finale. It kind of was a little underwhelming at the end for the season two plot, but however, the final scene was amazing. Uh, in literally the last 15 seconds, uh, everyone's going to plot against Scrooge, spoiler alert, and it has some familiar, very, very, very familiar Disney Afternoon villains. Which confirms the Disney Afternoon universe will run through DuckTales. And also, throughout the show, there's been a no Mickey Mouse rule. And they were able to kind of kind of skip the rule by having a Mickey Mouse type character show up where Donald gets trapped on this island and he befriends a watermelon kind of like in Castaway where he befriends a volleyball. He befriends a three meloned mouse looking melon and Donald voices Mickey Mouse and Mickey Mouse's voice is like, oh golly, gosh, ha. And Donald is still like, and it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I nominate DuckTales. Really great ending to the season uh, and a really great cliffhanger to what's to become. Parker, you got to watch the show. That is my nomination. Alrighty, Good. To, well, I'm now intrigued and we'll have to fit in DuckTales into my viewing schedule. So that's uh, that's some pretty daunting competition there, but I'm pretty confident in my rando Hall of well, Fame pick uh, this week. Well, specifically, it's the reboot. So, I mean, it might not get the lofty front runner that you think it is. For the rando Hall of Fame this week, I present the SpongeBob Band Geeks reanimated collaboration. <laughs> so, basically, uh, this is a project of reanimating the very fa- famous. SpongeBob SquarePants episode Band Geeks with uh, segments ranging in styles from claymation to storyboarding to CG and traditional 2D provided by over 140 different animators. And yes, folks, it includes that legendary bit. The You know it. You love it. The sweet, sweet victory yeah. Yeah, scene. Um and it's a it is an amazing excellent labor of love dedicated to Steven Hellenberg and uh it will be in the show notes below for you guys to check out for your viewing pleasure 
definitely look at it. It's awesome, and it's a great way to revisit a classic, classic episode of a cartoon. Awesome. Good. I, I have checked out probably the first, like, few minutes of it. I haven't finished it yet, but it is Ooh, fun to got, see, see a lot that. of YouTubers just collaborate and make, like, remake something they used to love. So... You could... You gotta see the um the sweet victory <laughs> sequence. It's awesome. Dude, cannot wait. So if you wanna vote for either uh the reboots of DuckTales or the uh Band Geeks collaboration from YouTube, you can vote on the Instagram page at Instagram at Craft Brews Tunes Pod. Yeah, that's our main social media right now. You can follow us in all of our other platforms like we said earlier spotify soundcloud mixcloud and youtube definitely follow and subscribe and heart and listen to this as much as you want if you want to follow me personally on my social medias my social medias are at dominic malner for both instagram and twitter and for untapped the beer journey app where you get to rate beers and everything uh, you can follow me at d malner and you can follow my stuff on a few different places. So I'm a DJ here in the Kansas City area. I specialize in dark dance, dark wave, uh, industrial, and all that good stuff. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash DJ Mentat Dark Wave DJ on Mixcloud as DJ Mentat Dark Wave DJ. And again, on Untapped as par underscore quad. And next week, we got another trilogy episode. Previously, we did Aladdin, the trilogy. We're doing another Disney property uh, to kind of prepare for Halloween, uh, which is surprising. We're going to be talking about uh, Cinderella trilogy. So Cinderella 1, Cinderella 2, and Cinderella 3. And uh, you'll kind of figure out why it kind of could tie into Halloween uh, next week when we talk about each film. But that'll be exciting to talk about. Uh, I don't know if you're excited to talk about that, Parker. Oh, I'm excited. And I'm really curious on why it ties into Halloween. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. So yeah, Cinderella Trilogy next week. Definitely listen. Thank you for listening to Craft Brews and Tons of Cartoons, episode 12. We're, we're still doing this. This is a lot of fun. Any last words, Parker? Sand? Witch? All right. Good night. (laughs) Good night.